0: Maya. Hey, good morning, Grace Hill. Can everybody return back to your seats? Good morning. Happy New Year. Boy, these lights are bright up here. Uh, so, you all survived the Christmas, New Year snowstorm, more snow, and now we're here. So, uh, We're gonna start this morning um, reading uh, from Paul's letter uh, to the Philippians uh, in chapter one. So if you uh, have your Bible or your device, you can turn to Philippians uh, chapter one. Uh, Paul writes this epistle uh, while he was bound in chains in a Roman prison. This is what it says, beginning in verse 3. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you, for you all making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion father we're uh we're thankful for your servant paul and for how you speak through him to us we pray that uh just as paul prayed that uh our love would grow more and more father we're going through some challenging times right now and so i pray that uh Uh, Your righteousness, the fruit of your righteousness in us, would grow us stronger and bring us more unified together. Father, I pray that um, we might be, as was said in the past, oaks of righteousness, a planting for the display of your splendor would you allow your righteousness in us to flow out to the world here in Herndon in Northern Virginia? I just pray for healing where healing is needed. I pray for peace. I pray for love and joy. I pray for Alan as he brings your word to us now. And may all that is said and heard here today bring honor and glory to you. We ask and pray all these things in the mighty and powerful name of Jesus. Amen.
1: Amen. Thanks, Dan. Good morning, Grace Hill. How are you? How are you? Excellent. Good to see all of you. I have missed you. Um, Oh man, what a um, disappointment it was to us that we had to cancel our Christmas Eve service. Um, we were so looking forward to that, especially after uh, not doing a Christmas Eve service the year before we we did an online virtual one. That I thought was pretty great, but still at the same time, it, it wasn't with all of you. And I felt so bad because the night before our we decided to cancel that. Um, our worship team was together rehearsing and practicing and getting ready for that night. And, and what they had prepared, I was so excited to be able to, to enjoy and sing along and worship with you in that. And so um, we, we thought it was the best thing for our church. And so I'm so sorry that we had to do that. Um, but, you know, I, one of the things I just wanted you to know I told our team this as well is that one of the most important things that, that we have as leadership. From you is your trust, and I just want you to know that we're always going to make decisions and do things in transparent ways uh, that's for your good and for the health of the church and everything like that, and and having a few cases in the church that we couldn't rule out uh, of any transmission from our previous gathering together. We just thought the best thing to do, especially before holidays, uh, was to not call the church uh, together in person, um, so I'm so sorry that we had to do that um, but the Lord is, Lord is sovereign, and I'm so glad to be with you uh, this morning. If you're joining us here or if you're joining us online, um, I know we have a COVID surge going on right now, so many people will be joining us virtually. So we're, we're glad that uh, you're with us uh, even virtually um, this morning. Um, my name is Alan. I'm one of the pastors here at Grace Hill. So if you're new with us, I'm just welcome. I'm, I'm really excited to be able to meet you uh, after the service. So today, uh, as we, this is our first gathered service together in person in uh, 2022. Uh, Last week, um, Nick did a great job just ministering to us through Psalm 90 as we launch into a new year uh, together. And honestly, I'm going to be honest with you this morning, my plan was for us to uh, get back into our series on the gospel of Luke. Uh, So if you've been with us for a long time, we've Kind of had two long stints now working our way through the gospel of Luke. And this morning was going to be part 42 uh, in Luke chapter 12. And so uh, we are going to do that next week. All right, so next week will be part Forty-two of Luke twelve, and the plan for this spring is to finish the Gospel of Luke um, right around Easter time. So we're going to be preaching through Luke, the end of Luke, um, up until and just after uh, Easter together. But as I was praying um, this week about this morning's sermon, instead of jumping into Luke twelve, there was just something—I think it was the Spirit—that um, was just saying, "Let's let's take some time and let's really be." Clear about what we want for you as the church this year in 2022. Uh, It was so fitting. Dan, you just read from Philippians chapter one and I didn't even know you're gonna do that. And in Philippians chapter one, verses three to 11, it's, it's, it's Paul laying out his heart and this is what I want for you, Philippians. This is Paul doing that. This is my desire for you. This is what I'm praying for. This is what I'm rejoicing in, that you would grow in your knowledge and your love for one another is essentially what the Apostle Paul just said there in the beginning of Philippians. And I don't know if there's a better summary than everything that I'm about to share with us uh, this morning. We're not gonna do it out of Philippians 1, but we're gonna do it out of 1 John chapter 4. So if you have a Bible, go ahead, open it up to 1 John 4. Chapter four, we're gonna study verses seven to 12 together, dig into those verses uh, just for a few minutes. And out of those verses, I just wanna be real clear about what we hope for, what we're praying for for you as Grace Hill Church this year. I wanna be clear with you about what we're planning on this year as far as the things that we're gonna do together to, to see these hopes and desires become a reality, so that we can just all get on the same page together as we move forward here in 2022. So 1 John chapter four, get that open, uh, get that uh, on your lap, keep it open for the entirety of the sermon, if you would, because we're going to go back to it. And, and there's something that First John chapter four teaches us that I need all of us to get this morning. Right? There's something that we're gonna learn from the text and I need all of us to know that this is God saying this. It's not me saying it, all right? it's not any of our other pastors or elders, this is God saying this to us this morning and I wanna be real clear on how we're gonna live this out in the life of our church. All right, so 1 John chapter four and we're gonna study verses seven through 12. Let's walk through this verse by verse together for a few minutes. Um, make sure we understand what is being said here, and then um, I'll unpack out of it uh, what we want for you uh, this year in 2022. First John chapter 4, I'm going to start in verse 7. It starts with the word beloved. Um, the apostle John was an overseer of several churches And this was a letter that he wrote to his churches to encourage them, to exhort them, to instruct them. And so this is a letter, and what we're about to read is commands and encouragement to fellow Christians, to another church. So almost think of John writing to Grace Hill Church that we received a letter from him and he's saying, beloved, hey, brothers and sisters in Christ, here's my encouragement to you. So that's who he's speaking to. He says, beloved, let us love one another for love is from God and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. So John gives us a command here. Beloved, brothers and sisters, hey, fellow church, Let us love one another. This is a command from God that we do this. And so we got to ask the question, well, what do you mean by love? Right? That's a word with many different meanings. And so John is going to get very specific about what he means by that word love in just a few verses. So we'll We'll define that in just a minute. But we get this command, but one of the things you gotta know about God in the scripture when he gives a command is God always gives the why behind the what of his commands. God doesn't give arbitrary commands. Like, hey, do this, don't do that. Why? I don't know, because I'm in charge and it would be fun just to see you do this and not do that. That's not God. He doesn't issue commands just because he can he issues commands for your good, for our joy, all right? And so we're gonna see the why behind this what in this text. So we he's saying, beloved, church, love one another. For love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. So one of the things that we need to understand about the love that John is referring to here is that this is a unique, godly kind of love. All right, we have lots of definitions of love, but this is a specific kind of love that should occur between brothers and sisters in Christ inside the church, because that's who he's talking to. And this kind of love is a unique love that comes from God, all right? It's a different kind of love that is produced in us when we know God, When we know God, this love is produced inside of us. Look at verse eight. It's just gonna reinforce that. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. So this love that's given to us that we love one another with, right, comes directly from our knowledge of God. All right, John directly links those two. The greater you grow in your knowledge of God, the greater you will grow in your love for one another. And if we want to grow in our love for one another, then, then we need to grow in our knowledge of God. This is what I need you to see this morning in the text is that John links these two things together. Knowledge of God, love for one another. You can't have one without the other. And we're gonna see that all the way through the text. If you don't, uh, anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. And and, and that's not. Listen, that God is love. That's not the text saying that. Hey, actually, God is just this beautiful ideal, right? You know, peace and harmony, just kind of these set of ideas, and that's actually who God is. No, no, no. The text is saying, no, God is a person, and God gives us the definition of love through the ways that he acts towards us as a person, as we'll see here in verse nine. It says this, in this, the love of God was made manifest among us. So God is now gonna manifest this love that he's talking about. He's going to help us to see it physically, tangibly, What does it mean to love one another? So God's gonna make that manifest among us. He says, in this, the love of God was made manifest among us that God sent his only son, that's Jesus, into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation, big Bible word, we'll get there, For our sins this is the definition of love here in verses 9 and 10 this unique godly kind of love that comes from God as we grow in our knowledge of God this right here is produced inside of us so let's break it down What is this love? What is this unique, godly kind of love? I have four characteristics of the love of God from verses nine and 10 right here, and I want you to get these, okay? Four characteristics. The first thing I want you to notice about the love of God is that it's for our good. God's love is motivated by our flourishing. Right. It says this in verse nine, God sent his only son into the world, look at this, so that we might live. God's love towards us is motivated by God's desire that we would live, that we would thrive, that we would flourish, that we would have joy. Everything God does towards us is toward that end. So this unique, godly kind of love, first and foremost, is motivated by the good of the other. That's the first characteristic. Characteristic number two I want you to see is that this kind of love goes first, meaning that God chooses to love us before we choose to love him. We see that also in the text. Verse 10, in this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son. And so the second characteristic of this unique, godly kind of love is that God goes first. Romans 5, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us, right? Ephesians 2, even when we were dead in our trespasses and sins, right? God was gracious to us. So we see this unique, godly kind of love is where God says, I'm going to love you, even though I know that you don't love me right now. My love isn't a transactional reality where I'm now reacting to your love back at me. Okay, you have done some good things. You've shown your love for me. So now you've earned my love back. That's not how the love of God works. It's right there in verse 10. Characteristic number three the love of God is costly. It's costly. It comes at great cost to God himself. Look at verse 10. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. So it's a big word, propitiation. We don't use that word a lot, but all that means is that God sent his son Jesus to be the sacrifice for our sins. That if we deserve the wrath of God for our sins against God, that Jesus took that wrath upon himself instead of us. That's the meaning of the word propitiation. And so God's love towards us came at great cost to himself. So characteristic one, it's always for our good. Characteristic two, God goes first. Characteristic three, it's costly. And characteristic four, what you see is it, it God loves us with intimate knowledge. You know, God, the scripture tells us is all knowing, meaning that he knows everything about you. He knows what you're thinking right now. He knows your motivations. He knows the things that make you excited. He knows your vices. He knows all the good things and all the bad things. He knows everything about you. And just like the text says that this love is not that we loved God, but that he loved us. God loves us even though he knows intimately deep down into our hearts that we don't love him first. So, God loves us even though He knows everything about us. For honest, that's the scariest thing in the world for us. We all assume that if you knew everything about me, everything, all of my motivations and all of my thoughts, that you wouldn't love me. That'd be way too much baggage for you to overcome in order to love me. If you knew everything about us, but God loves us in this way, even with intimate knowledge. This is the unique godly kind of love that John is saying, hey church, love one another like that. Verse 11, beloved if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. It's that command again. But what he's linking it to is is God's love for us. The more we grow in our knowledge of God and how he has loved us, and we understand this vertical reality of the love of God between him and me, that always translates into a horizontal loving of one another. And then he says, verse 12, no one has ever seen God. But if we love one another, God abides in us. If you want to see and experience and grow in your knowledge of God, then we need to love one another because in that we see God. And his love is perfected in us. We'll come back to verse 12. This is 1 John 4, 7 through 12. And what we see is a clear link between a growth in the knowledge of God and a deep, intimate, committed, consistent love for one another. Because that's how Christ has loved us. And so with that said, Grace Hill, family, this is what I want for you. This is what the leaders of this church Want for you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to define this in three different ways. I have three different things that I want for you, but it all comes out of this text. This is what I want for our church. This is what we're going to organize everything around at this church. This is the why behind every what of the things that we do here is, is we're aiming at this. This is the target. Three things that I want for us as a church. Three things I want for you personally in your life. Number one is that I want you to grow in your knowledge of God. I want you to grow in your knowledge of the word of God. I hope that this time next year, 2023, as we're looking forward, you go, man, over the last year, I really grew in my knowledge of who God is and what his word says. That's my hope and my desire for you. And if you're here and you're not a follower of Jesus or you're not sure what you believe about God or you're tuning in online with us and and that's where you are, you're not sure what you believe, my hope, my desire for you is that this year you come to know God. That you come to know that God has loved you first and he's not waiting for you to love him first and that he sent his son for you to go to the cross to take the payment for your sin that you deserve. I, come, I, I hope that you come to know that Jesus loves you so much that he is willingly inviting you in to confess your sin, repent of your sin, not because he wants to scold or punish, but because he wants to lavish his grace upon you, that he is safe to be able to confront those things with. And I I, I hope that you come to the knowledge of the fact that following Jesus, giving all of your life to him is going to lead you to joy and flourishing like you've never experienced because God's love is motivated by your good. It's what he wants for you. So I hope all of us, whether you're a seasoned follower of Jesus or you don't even know Jesus yet, I, I hope this year you come to a greater knowledge of God and his word. The second thing that I want for you and I desire for you is that you would grow in your love for others, that you would grow in this unique, godly kind of love for one another. That your pursuit of a knowledge of God that your pursuit of the knowledge of the word of God, that your pursuit to know God more would translate, would bear the fruit of love for one another and that you would see inside of yourself instincts that you didn't have before when it comes to how you treat and care for and think and regard others. That new lenses would start to come over your eyes as you see people and how God has commanded you to love them as he has loved you in Christ. I pray this for our church. You know, I, I, um, I'm just, my story, I'm really blessed to have grown up in a household that, that loves the Lord, that loves Jesus, that introduced me to the Lord at a young age. And then I went into the ministry at a young age and I've been pastoring now for, I calculated yesterday, almost 14 years, which is insane for me to think about. And I've been blessed to to have lived a life where I've walked with Jesus for a long time. You know what shakes my faith the most? Because pastors get their faith shook too. You know what shakes my faith the most? Just how poorly we can treat each other in the church. Especially nowadays when, you know, with social media and everything is just broadcasted. For the world to see just... How terrible, awful we can be to one another. Not just in grace, so in the church at large. And it shakes my faith because I I read like 1 John 4 and I go, God, you say that if we we know you, that we'll love one another. You don't say, because you know me, you should love one another. You say, no, if you don't love one another, you don't know me. They're, They're linked. And I'm not innocent in it but my prayer is that at Grace Hill Church, we would love one another and, and that would be a apologetic for our faith. Like verse 12, it says, no one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, that you can see God in that. And I pray that Grace Hill Church is a place where people see God because of our love for one another. And I pray for you and for me that we would see growth in that this year. And number three, is I pray that others will grow in their love for you individually. And what I mean by that is that others would grow in their knowledge of you. That you would grow in deep friendship this year with other brothers and sisters in Christ. That people would pursue you and seek you out and get to know you more and encourage you in the faith that this would be a place where we can be truly known, intimately known, just like God knows us and yet still loved and cared for, because that is what the love of God is like. So that's what I want for you this year, that you would grow in your knowledge of God and his word, that you would grow in love for others and that others would grow in their love for you. And so the Question that I I, I need to answer for all of us in this is, okay, how? How are we gonna do that? You know, what are we gonna do at Grace Hill Church to try to facilitate that a bit so that we can see these things flourish within our church? And so that's where I just wanna get real practical and I wanna outline for you, here's what we wanna do in 2022. I have three things that I wanna call you to at Grace Hill Church. Three things that I want you to commit to for this year. These are three rhythms. Our staff, we've been talking about these as like our three pillars. These are the three things that we want every person at Grace Hill Church to engage in, to be fully present in and to say, because I'm a part of Grace Hill, I'm a part of these things. I've got three things that I think are gonna help us grow in these areas from 1 John 4, okay? So, So here's the first one. It's gonna be real unique and creative, right? I want us all to commit to gathering for worship. Like, didn't see that one coming. Every Sunday, every week, God has ordained that his people be together every week. I get COVID's this weird anomaly and we're gonna navigate that as best as we can, but as much as we can, let's commit to being together every single day weak. Because we cannot grow in our love for one another if we're not with each other. And I think one of the things that First John is saying is that we can't grow in our knowledge of God without growing in our love for one another. And we can't grow in our love for one another without growing in our knowledge of God. It's all linked together. We got to be here with each other Every week, digging into the scripture, growing together, encouraging one another, seeing each other in the lobby, getting to know each other's kids, going out to lunch after, getting coffee, introducing yourself to new people. We got we to gotta be a community, a vibrant community together. So one is to see us commit to gather for worship every week together. Number two, again, super creative out from left field is I want us to commit to studying the Bible. Again, big shocker, but I want us, I'm sincere when I say I hope this time next year that you have grown in your knowledge of God and his word. And so here's one of the things we're gonna do at Grace Hill. This is gonna start next Sunday. All right, we've been praying a lot through how can we better uh, help everyone in our church be studying the Bible together uh, moving forward given some of the realities that we have at our church. We don't have a facility and all of those things and technical challenges. And so last uh, fall, what we did is we started reading Romans together. And so we read Romans 1 to 7 together. And what our pastors did is we put out a discussion guide, if you wanted to use that. And we also put out this, these short videos that just help provide some context for the passage every time. And some of the feedback that we've gotten from you, which we've been really grateful for, is we want more. In other words, y'all didn't really like our videos. No one watched them. All right, and, and that was good feedback for us. And what we heard was, hey, we want some more in-depth, inductive-style teaching of the text. So next week, January 16th, every Sunday evening at 7.30, what we're going to do is we're going to stream a Bible study. You can tune in right at 7.30 with us, or you can catch the replay after, whichever way you want. That's fine. But it's going to be 30 minutes in-depth, inductive study of the text that we're reading together. So next week, we're gonna start in Romans chapter eight. We read Romans one to seven together through the fall. We're gonna start with Romans chapter eight, verse one, next Sunday, January 16th. And that's gonna happen every Sunday night as we're gonna study the Bible together because our desire is that you would grow in your knowledge of God, all right? So Sunday night's, Studying the Bible, I want you to commit to being a part of that, all right? Our desire is one day in the future when we have the facility and the logistics are one that we can put them together. Uh, We would love to be able to do that in person uh, every single week is have a Bible study. But right now, the best option for us is to stream that out at 7.30. And so I want you to commit to, to digging into the text with us. Let's, as a church, study the Bible together. Let's study the same thing together so that we can encourage each other with it as we're learning together. All right, so we're gonna commit to gather for worship. We're gonna commit to study the Bible because we want to grow in our knowledge of the word. And the third thing is I want you to commit to a community group. I want you to commit to a community group. Here at Grace Hill Church, we have, and we're building out a unique community group philosophy. At Grace Hill Church, our community groups are not about studying the Bible. And some are like, whoa, careful. Right? Uh, uh, at at Grace Hill Church, our community groups aren't about studying a book together. They're not about growing in our knowledge together. At Grace Hill Church, our groups are about growing in our love for one another because we believe that at Grace Hill Church, we need to grow in our knowledge of God and his word, and we need to grow in our love for one another, and that those things are linked together. They're inseparable, and so we wanna create spaces for both. So Sunday night, Sunday morning, we're digging into the scripture together, and on Wednesday night or Tuesday night or whenever your group meets together, you're digging into each other's lives in light of what the scripture says. That's how we do groups together. It's a space for us to grow in our knowledge of one another and our love for one another in light of what we have studied together in scripture. And so here's where we're trying to push the church. And I want you to hear me on this. It's really easy in our culture to hide behind study. And here's what I mean by that, right? I can know a lot of facts about my wife. I can know when her birthday is. I can know all of her favorite things, right? I can know the things that she loves and the things that she hates. I can know all these characteristics about her, right? But knowing things about her are different than knowing her. And so, One of the things that happens when it comes to our relationship with God, especially in our culture, where we very much value study of scripture in learning things about God, which is good, and needs to be one of the core pillars of any church in order for it to be faithful as we've gotta study scripture is this, is that we can hide behind the study and say, I wanna learn what the scripture says, but I'm not ready to go as far as to ask the question, how does the scripture come to bear on my life? How does the scripture answer the bitterness that's in my heart today? How does the scripture talk about what God is calling me to? What does the scripture have to say about my bank account? What does the scripture have to say about my relationships? What does the scripture have to say about the things that I'm angry about today? So we go, man, I I wanna study the scripture and learn these facts and I'm gonna ace a Bible trivia test, but I'm not ready to do the hard relational work of what does the scripture actually mean for me and the things that are going on inside of me. And so there's a difference between knowing things about God and knowing God. And I believe and we believe and I think what the text is saying is that we come to an even greater knowledge of God through our love for one another. Did you see verse 12? Look at verse 12 again. No one has ever seen God. But if we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. See, Sunday night's gonna be all about kind of the head. Let's grow in our knowledge of God. Let's grow in our knowledge of the word. I want every one of you to grow in your command and your understanding of the scripture. And then Wednesday night, Tuesday night is us coming together and we're learning about each other and we're asking questions. what does that mean for our lives like today and all of the things that are going on? And let's love one another in the midst of that because in that, that's where we begin to know God not just through detached study, but through linking arms in relationship and loving each other in the way that Christ has loved us. That's how we know God, not just know things about God. And that's right in your Bible, 1 John chapter four. No one has seen God, but if we love one another, God abides in us. Sunday night, grow in our knowledge of the word of God, that's the head, Wednesday night, Tuesday night, whenever your group is, that's when we grow in our knowledge of one another and everything that God says about that. So I'm asking all of us, Let's gather together for worship on Sundays. Let's study the Bible together and grow in our knowledge of God's word. And let's commit to a community group where we're going to practice and create space for loving one another in the way that Christ has loved us as we just studied here in 1 John chapter four. And so Grace Hill, this is what we want for you. This is what we desire for you. Next week, we're gonna jump into Luke chapter 12 and continue our study in the gospel of Luke. And we're gonna jump into Romans chapter eight on Sunday night, studying the book of Romans in an in-depth way. And then I hope that you will also jump into a group and that you will begin the work of knowing others and being known and helping each other bring the word of God to bear in your life. Because as we love one another in that way, God abides in us. 1 John four twelve. And that's my desire for the church. And so here's my question. Will you commit to those three things? If you're not in a group, you go to the lobby. You can talk to the Connect people. Find Pastor Evan. Evan, are you in here? Where are you at? No, there he is. Find Pastor Evan. Tell him That's our pastor of groups. Be like, Evan, I want to be in a group. And he's going to get you in a group. All right, we've got plenty of... Of them, And they start uh, this week. So get yourself in a group. We're gonna send info out about the Bible study all of this week. It's gonna stream next Sunday uh, at 7.30. And so my question is, will you jump into these three things? Let's grow in our knowledge of God and his word together and let's grow in our love for one another. Let me pray. God, the feeling inside of me just even preaching this text is these things seem so simple, yet they're not easy. Especially in our culture, God, where things are so busy and we have so many tools that although they promise to connect us together, they actually keep us apart and God, even just to commit to three things like this, I know can, can, can be difficult in our lives and our schedules, but Lord, I pray that as a church, we would be a people who say, God, you, you, you have all of me because you've purchased me on the cross. And so I wanna devote my life to you. And, and God, I pray that we just be a group of people that, that commit to live this life together and that we would love one another in the way that Christ has loved us. God, that we would love one another for each other's good. That we would love one another even when others don't love us back. That we would love one another even when it costs us something. Even if that means I've gotta devote more time on my calendar to it, or I gotta say no to other things, or I gotta even put myself in social situations that I don't really like to be in, or whatever it is, Lord, it's, it's costly to be committed to one another. Help us to love one another in a way that's costly to us, just like Jesus did. And God, I pray you'd help us to grow in our knowledge of one another. And through that, Lord, we would reinforce everything your word has to say about who we are. So God, we just pray for our church. We pray that you would help us to grow in our knowledge of you and our love of one another this year. May we see just overwhelming fruit in that in 2022. In Jesus' name, amen.